Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome back to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from Crossway Church here in Southern New Hampshire, and we are on day 34 of a 40-day journey. I'm so glad you've been joining along the way, and if you're just jumping back in or in for the first time, I encourage you to pick up maybe where you last left off, but listen in today. Each of these episodes, we hope to kind of stand alone, but also build as part of a bigger uh, a bigger journey for us to experience greater spiritual freedom. And the goal is that heaven would get into us. And as heaven gets into us, it would get into our loved ones and our friends and our churches and ultimately our communities, that we might be an answer to Jesus' prayer for his kingdom to come and his will to be done here on earth. And today we're going to talk about a key idea from Dallas Willard's book called The Divine Conspiracy. And that idea is about crafting a curriculum for Christ-likeness. Crafting a curriculum for Christ-likeness. In Romans 13, 14, Paul writes, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that idea. And that's kind of the impetus behind Willard's thought of crafting a curriculum for Christ-likeness. Think about these different aspects. Christ-likeness is the goal. And to get there, we can actually, through the help of the Holy Spirit, the testimony of the church, other trusted people whom we have fellowship with now, create a curriculum that would enable us to grow in an ongoing basis to be more like Jesus. And the goal is not just perfection. The goal is really to make continued progress throughout our lives that uh, Dave Ripper, you know, Lord willing, when he's 75 or 80 is far more Christ-like than he is now at age 38. Uh, and, and so we're looking at what's in our lives that is not of Christ and what are the things that, uh, so things that need to go, and what are things that are missing in our lives that would enable us to be more Christ-like? So there is a way to create a curriculum for this, uh, and we'll look at some of the different aspects of this, but believe it or not, this whole podcast has been one of my attempts in life to craft a curriculum of Christ-likeness that could be more accessible for, for people and to help really give us a good sense of what this might be like so that we can take time to craft curriculums of Christ-likeness for ourselves and on our own. And if you're a part of the Crossway community, I would be glad to sit down anytime to help you craft a curriculum for Christ-likeness. But this idea doesn't really originate with Willard. It's something that goes back to the very beginnings of the church. 
And this idea of a curriculum for Christ-likeness was probably originally described uh, as a rule of life, a rule of life. Now, a rule is something uh, that a lot of us just find resistance toward when we hear a rule, uh, something like do's and don'ts, but that wasn't the idea at all in the early church. A rule is just a Latin idea for a trellis, a structure in which vines uh, can grow up uh, so that they have stability and predictability for growth to occur in their lives. You can imagine a trellis. That is what this rule of life was like. And throughout the years, many different people have created communal rules that fellow brothers and sisters in Christ could follow together as a curriculum for Christ-likeness shared amidst them and among them so that they could collectively become more and more Christ-like. And I think there's so much wisdom inherent in that. So many of us try and craft rules of life or curriculums for Christ-likeness merely on our own. But when they're shared together, when we're growing together, when we're journeying together, we can often do far more and grow more when we're not just doing it as a solo event. I love that old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And these communal rules of life or curriculums for Christ-likeness was an, an a attempt to put on the Lord Jesus Christ so that we might go far in that journey of spiritual transformation together. One of the earliest was the rule of St. Augustine which established that the community must live in harmony, being of one mind and heart on the way to God. Another was the rule of St. Benedict, one of the most famous. And within that rule, there were vows that uh, the people in this community would take of stability, uh, for hospitality. One of my favorite aspects of that rule was that it had a relational dimension, that you were to welcome everyone as Christ. People coming in and out of this monastic community, you are to welcome them like you were going to welcome Jesus himself. There's a story that's told amidst Benedictine communities of a brother who was starting to get a little frustrated by another one of his brothers that was constantly knocking on his door, coming to his room. And as he got a little annoyed, he started to have the thought, Oh Christ, it's you again. And meaning he wanted to treat this brother as Christ, not take the Lord's name in vain. But I just enjoy that story because it's so real. It's something that many of us uh, can relate to. But I love that idea. We want to welcome everyone as Christ. And that's just one example of a rule of life, one of the facets of it. And when we think about crafting this rule of life, a curriculum for Christ-likeness, some of the components that go into it would be things that we do daily, either alone or with others. What are things we do weekly, monthly, annually, so that we might love God with every aspect of who we are, our thoughts, our emotions, our will, our social aspect, our bodies, our souls. And I'm convinced that Within the local church, over the last maybe 15, 20 years, I've just heard about movements around renewing a monastic type of idea, which is about crafting communities where people don't just hold to shared beliefs together, but a shared curriculum for Christ-likeness, maybe some of the broad brushstrokes that they have in common. And I think as we look at what the future church might be like, I think it seems to be moving in that direction. 
that churches aren't just going to be places if we really want to get heaven in the people or we just all agree to a certain set of doctrines or a statement of faith or even uh, values within the culture. But we want to embrace other people who are embracing the way of Jesus together by following and practicing a shared rule. And so think about what would be key aspects if you were going to create a curriculum for Christ-likeness for you, for the loved ones and friends and spiritual companions you have in your life, what might that look like? What might be things that you do daily together? What might things that you do weekly be? How about monthly? How about annually? It is possible for us to play a huge part in putting on the Lord Jesus Christ to craft a curriculum for Christ-likeness. And over the next three days, I'm going to really unpack uh, my own rule of life that I have worked diligently on for many, many years. And it's only in the last couple of years that it seems like it has come together. But I've tried to create a, a curriculum a rule of life that reflects the very rhythm of who God is. And I love the idea that God, he is holy love. And because he is holy agape love, as Dallas Willard would say, he is the most joyous being in the universe. And if we are made in his image, then how might we live a way of life that would reflect the very joy that is at the heart of the Trinity? That's what we're invited into. This is not a have to. This is a get to. This is a, a way of freedom, a way of life that could shape the trajectory of our lives immediately and for many, many years to come. So take a moment now. Let's just think about if you were going to be almost like a spiritual coach in Christian formation for you, and you were going to evaluate your life, what would be some of the things that you'd want to remove from your life? What are some of the things you want to start doing? What might be a way that you would become the kind of person that would more, most easily and routinely do everything that Jesus said? We want to orient our whole lives to become those kind of people. And that's what a curriculum for Christ-likeness invites us toward. It's that structure, that trellis, that rule of life in which the abundant life that God offers can become available to us each and every day. So we'll start to look at what mine is over the next three days, but I'd love for you to be thinking about what components would go into your curriculum. And so may you, friends, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision to the flesh to satisfy its desires. Look forward to seeing you next time. Grace and peace.